They say if you want to run a movie review podcast right, you've got to start from the beginning. So when a daddy wizard loves a mommy wizard very much, sometimes they do a special hug. (laughs) Too far? Fine. I said I would never trade this pod for a six-pack of beer, but here we are. This is the 54th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, and tonight we'll be discussing the Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Hops and Box Office Flops, a place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello, loyal listeners, and hi, Mom, and welcome to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. As you can gather, I, the warrior of the wasteland, the Ayatollah of rock and roll at Chumpzilla, is your illustrious host for tonight's episode, which marks the second pod in our quarantine special series, where we cover movies whose releases were impacted by the coronavirus outbreak. This episode has even more daddy issues than last week's bloodshot, as tonight we're talking about birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of an elderly woman behind the counter in a small town named Harley Quinn who's standing outside of a broken phone booth with money in her hand. (laughs) Yes, kids, that was a pearl Jam and Primitive Radio God's Joke. Look it up on the snap tubes. Joining us tonight, as always, are the Thunderous Wizard calling in from his isolation cell deep in the depths of Arkham Asylum. Yes, that is true. That is so enthusiastic. That, you know, Thunderous Wizard, thanks for being here tonight. I'm, I'm glad you could find the time. Bitch, and, in an isolation uh, cell underneath Arkham Asylum. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I assume that was at your preference, but perhaps not. It is hard to have a positive attitude about that. I will. It that is lonely fair. down here. Is that not the safest place you could be? I mean. Killer Croc is like two cells over. How safe can it possibly be? Maybe he'll let you watch some BET. Oh. Oh, oops. And that's where I went. Okay. And hailing from Bruce Wayne's assuredly bat-themed playroom, deep in the bowels of the Batcave is Captain Cash. Deep in the bowels is right. I can neither confirm nor deny that Bruce Wayne fucks bats. Hopefully he doesn't eat them. We know what happens when he eats oh. them. Oh, good ouch. Yeah, maybe, maybe lay off the bats. Maybe stick with Catman for a while. Fewer bats. Fewer bats would be ideal. Fewer, yes. Oh, my. Well, all right. Well, yeah, uh, going from there, folks, since I am a heathen and do not participate in these social medias, gentlemen, please, Captain Cash, the Thunderous Wizard, give us our typical and standard shameless social media plugs. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Hops and Box Office Flops. You can find me, Captain Cash, at CAPT. C-A-S-H, on most of your social media. And you can find me at WriterTLK on Twitter. As always. As always. Amazing energy coming from the Thunderous Wizard. I have so much Reserved. energy. He reserves wow. Thunder yeah. for his spellcasting uh, and or 
not getting prison raped, I guess, by Killer Croc. I've been, anyway, I've been drinking. Yeah, fair enough. All day. Yeah. Let's get this on. You've got to like. Yeah. <laughs> you want to expend your energy this, in a smart this is way. Day drinking, oh. thunderous wizard. Uh, okay, well, let's just you know maybe try to amp things up here a bit and see if we can keep the drunk going. Uh, next order of business is beer for the night. So the beer for tonight's pod is a uh, local brew for Chumpzilla. This just comes out of the state of Georgia. We've got Pontoon Brewing's New Wave Radical Blonde Ale. Uh, it's a crisp blonde ale made with English yeast to provide a semi-sweet fruit note on top of the bready malts. And it has a crisp, refreshing finish, and it checks in as an easy-to-drink 4.2 ABV. And uh, I'll crack one right now. And might I say, excellent theme selection tonight, sir. Yeah, well, you know, uh, in that vein, how many beers would you gentlemen think uh, it would take to get through this movie? I'll be honest. uh, For me, one. Uh, Though, to be fair, when I saw it in the theaters, I did have two back when there still were theaters in the before times in the long, long ago. Yeah. In the olden days. So, uh, okay, so I'm, I'm going to take that as a two. It was a two on the first viewing. That is a two. Mr. Sure. Wizard? This is a... What is your take? One to two, but a very enjoyable two-beer experience. Because I thought this Agreed. movie was a lot of fun. So you can sip the two beers, relish the film. You're not going all out. You're not, like, pounding, like, speed. Like, oh, shit, i got to get as drunk as possible because this is a... Tr- this is a cruise wreck and i'm witnessing it live it's a fun movie sip the beer have a good time two beers okay first off speed two is like two hours long there's plenty of time to drink a beer through that movie but anyway for me this was a three beer movie um and you know what really helps is is if you go with the beer much like this new wave radical blonde ale because for me it was uh this movie and the beer, they were blonde, they were light, and they were easy to consume. Oh, so, yeah. Three beers for me. Moving on to the tail of the tape here, gentlemen. Getting down to business. The subject at hand is 2020's Birds of Prey. The Harley Quinn-centric R-rated sequel to 2016's PG-13 Suicide Squad. <laughs> A movie I'd add that uh, opened $100 million higher than this one did and is likely to gross about $500 million more than this one did. To be anyway, fair, though, I had four beers at that movie and didn't enjoy it half as much, and yeah. I saw that movie for free. Yeah, and uh, somehow that movie made a... T- it, well, it not only did open much larger, but it's on pace to make a ton more money, too. But regardless, this movie was meant to capitalize on the perceived popularity of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn from the original Suicide Squad, Okay, and Birds was released theatrically in the U.S. on February 7th and digitally for home media on March 24th, hence its qualification for this podcast. Uh, So that means it only saw about six to seven weeks in theaters before the outbreak forced WB to release it on VOD for purchase at the spendy price point of $21.99. Okay, so I thought 20 bucks for Bloodshot was bad. They're trying to stuff <laughs> birds of prey down our throat for twenty one oh, ninety nine. Come on, stuff it down. I, I happily would pay twenty two dollars to watch Margot Robbie be Harley Quinn whenever I wanted to for that price. 
I feel like there's and more did. satisfying stuff online for free to satisfy that kind of need. But moving on, uh, so you know the movie was shot on a budget of about a hundred million, and the uh, current box office numbers have it bringing in just north of two hundred million worldwide. So I hate to say it, guys, but when you factor in the marketing cost, there's a little chance that WB breaks even on this, unless it just absolutely kills it. Uh, on uh, home media, I mean, and has to which do I am big happy time. to recommend to all of you listeners go fucking buy this thing so I can see more stuff like this. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's its only shot. I forget what the break even point was, but yeah, this was not gonna make it uh, to it. I think it was 300 million. Re- How was, much marketing yeah. was there? It, was a it is a well, marketing back in money for Margot Robbie. I mean. I mean, it was an $80 million movie. Generally, marketing is double what the movie costs. So it's like then... I think the real budget's closer to 100 e- I mean, Even uh, still. So it's like, like, you know, you spent 200 bucks, then you pay the theaters to for distribution. And, of course, you get proceeds, percentages of the tickets and whatever else. I, you know, I don't know all the economics of it, but... Anybody who pretends to know how Hollywood accounting works is a fucking yeah. liar. I will say it's depressing that Suicide Squad, which is demonstrably worse in every way, every single way, action, acting, script, uh, visuals, etc., even uh, appreciation for the character to make how much it made and then for this to just flop the way it did, it's kind of sad. You know, I'm not a huge fan of either movie, but I will say this one was more fun. Okay, uh, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score for Birds is currently at a respectable 78%. Uh, not bad. Metac- not, not bad. And the Metacritic score uh, is at 60. And the, uh, you know, the the reviews on this are, are pretty The funny thing is, is that when you look at Suicide Squad, its reviews are in the toilet. It's got a, a Rotten Tomato of 27 and a Metacritic of 40. So somehow this movie is reviewed much higher and it's got better fan reviews too. And yet somehow it's making way less money than Suicide Squad. It, it, it doesn't quite make sense to your point, Mr. Wizard. It's just... No I, I think accounting that, for taste. I think they missed... I think they missed their opportunity. I think there was a chance for this movie to work and they just didn't get it worked into the right time. But I've got more on that later. Yeah. And I'll save my thoughts for later about that for that particular moment. But gosh, this movie did everything that Suicide Squad should have done, especially in terms of Harley, because she's a badass in this movie and she's actually fun. And I can't stand Harley Quinn. So that's a feat unto itself. I think she's an annoying character. I, I've never understood her mass popularity or why every other I person mean, is either her or Deadpool at Comic-Con. It has never made sense to me. Wow. I mean, I, I have some I have some thoughts on that, but I'm not going to get into that into this pod because it's, it's deeper and uh, more societal. But yeah, I mean, there there's aspects of her character that um, are very appealing to a large swath of the population for a lot of reasons, you know, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, very true. Um, 
Birds of Prey was directed by Kathy Yan, and this marks her first major studio production as a director and the second time in the director's chair. Her first movie was a dark independent comedy titled Dead Pigs, based on a real event in China where a bunch of pigs ended up dead and going down the river. And it grossed a whopping $4,409. No, folks, that was not a typo. That was $4,000. $409. Sometimes you make a hit, sometimes not so much. Strangely enough, there is a DC connection in Dead Pigs. The first cast member listed on the movie's IMDb page is none other than the Joker's fake girlfriend, Zazie Beats. Also acceptable as Deadpool's not really love interest, but she, she shows up in two. He was curious, I would yes. say. Um, yeah. And the script was written by Christina Hodson, whose previous credits basically consist of writing the movie Bumblebee. Which um, was which, fun! Which I did watch um, after seeing Birds of Prey. I went back and watched Bumblebee. I like um, Bumblebee a lot. It was, it's my favorite Transformers movie by a wide margin. I'll just say this. The first 15 minutes of that movie is the best Transformers movie I've ever seen. And the rest of it was something. So Transformers movie. Yeah. Anyway, so there wasn't a whole lot of experience behind this project, to be clear. Hudson is kind of a hot commodity right now. I do believe she's attached to write Batwoman as well. In addition oh, to nice. other DC projects. So. Good uh, for her. Yeah. I, I, I feel I feel like she, somebody, somebody here is tied to Flash, too. Uh, well, right now it's Andy Muschietti who directed It and It Chapter 2. He's going to direct Flash. Uh, hmm. the, the Flash thing is a long, weaving, wild tale of. Is she attached to write, though? I mean, I, I feel I don't like think she's so. attached to write. No, because okay. originally it was written by John Francis Daly and his writing partner, the guys who wrote Spider-Man Homecoming and Game Night. And then they left the project and Muschietti came in and basically... It, it's weird. Yeah, it's all weird. Like uh, Ezra Miller was going to maybe leave, so he wrote his own script with Grant Morrison because he wanted it to be darker, whatever. We're talking Birds of Prey. Andy Muschietti's yep. there now. Gotcha. So. And... Continuing with the tale of the tape here, folks, uh, you know, Birds obviously stars Margot Robbie reprising her role as the one Harlene Quinzel. This is effectively a Harley Quinn solo movie. Is it not? Uh, Uh, I don't think so. I think it works just as much for the other characters. I think the character that gets shortchanged the most is Huntress. Yeah, I agree. And it's also pointing out that uh, <clears throat> Robbie was also a producer on this film, so this is very much a passion project for her. Uh, it's my understanding that one of the reasons they went forward with this movie and not some other DC-related movies was that she was willing to bankroll it. Which is apparently, awesome. Apparently there was going to be a, a Batgirl movie, but uh, Robbie was, was interested in that. Yeah, so, and she's like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do a Birds of Prey. So that's what they did. So this was, again, you don't want to call it a solo movie, but she was the driving force behind 
behind the thing, even behind the scenes. Yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> so aside from her reprising her role, her supporting cast is as follows. You've got Ewan, hello there, McGregor, chewing up scenery, frankly and jealous style, is the main antagonist. You Roman, are the chosen Black one. Man, <laughs> Listen, it always comes back to Langella on this podcast. That's all you have to understand. Uh, Harley, yeah, that's all I, I have see. the high ground. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Frank Langella would have nailed that. Frank Langella would have had a great time being Black Mask. And if he was like fifty years younger. He had killed this. I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Frank, I, if you're I, listening, I, we would love I, to have you on the pod. We will buy you all the drinks in the world. Yeah, I, I feel like for this movie, they were like, can we get Frank Langella? Nope. I'm like, well, fine. Can we? What else can we do? Well, you and McGregor, fine. We'll take Close him. Can you have him do a really good Frank Langella impression? But they had to settle. They had to settle for you and McGregor, yeah. Uh, uh, Rosie Perez as the generic cop with the drinking problem who's too old for this shit. Uh, GCPD detective Renee Montoya and for the record guys uh, Rosie hangs pretty off the kids considering she's over 50 I think she's like yeah, 52, no. 53 she, yeah, Rosie did a good job also that, but... did she uh, Did she? she definitely is uh, she's one of the first LBGTQ uh, characters out there right I don't at least from DC's perspective I, I don't know why she... Well, it, I don't think we actually see it in the movie, though, do we? Well, no, I mean, they very explicitly reference that she was dating the one DA person. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you also I, get Har- Harley it. obviously dates a woman in that cartoon montage yeah. as well, so it's all playfully referenced, yeah. So, <clears throat> moving on. Good for the representation, at least. And, you know, uh, Renee Montoya is canonically gay in the comics, so it's right. nice they went ahead with it. Uh, well, it's, yeah, sure, because they certainly didn't stick with the comics and s- with some of the other characters, but we'll get Also to worth noting, Renee Montoya also originated in uh, Batman Animated. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, so, and then we got Journey. No, I was in the other Defenders TV show, Smollett Bell as Black Canary. Full House. Is she this? Oh, she was in Full House? No yeah, way. she was Michelle Tanner's friend. Is she the breakout star of the movie? Question mark. Continue. Uh, continue. She was don't, a, don't answer. Don't she answer. Roll bounce. So, you know, I love roll bounce. I mean, no, no. Don't answer. That, that, <laughs> just moving on. That was rhetorical. Because uh, she was. Um, and then you got Mary Elizabeth. Don't call me Ramona Winstead as the adorable huntress. She's also I, alleged to be dating Ewan McGregor, whom she's previously met on the uh, the uh, recording of Fargo. Uh, there, Listen, they, yep, they are. I think yeah. she's the breakout star. I loved Huntress in this, or is better, she's better known, the crossbow killer. I don't know if she can be a breakout. She's mid-30s. She's been in a Die Hard movie, Scott Pilgrim, a Tarantino movie, a J.J. Uh, Abrams produced sequel to Cloverfield. She's pretty big. She's a star. She's done. I mean, she, she's, she's had star, some acclaim. She was my. She was among my favorite characters in this. She's a working actress. Um, so she she has she has a craft and a trade. She does well. And 
you've also got Ella J. Basco making her feature film debut as Cassandra Kane, the plucky teenage pickpocket murderer slash human MacGuffin, who I think did pretty well. She's good. I mean, for a girl who appears for a rookie. between 11 and 14 years old, yeah. Yeah. Way to act competently. And last but not least, Chris Higgins from Rounders, Messina, as Black Mass creepy manservant Victor Zaze. Zazaz. Zazaz, my if, friend. If there's a breakout star. Zazaz. 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 Beats. It's like Zazzy Beats, right? He's the breakout star of the movie. He owns this movie. He does a good job. He a does a good, good job, job and a competent job. I'm not going to say he owns the movie. Owns I'm, pretty sure he's, I'm pretty sure he's the guy with the cleft asshole that hangs out with Maude Lebowski. That is also fair. He and flamboyantly gay Roman Sionis own this movie. These are my things. <laughs> so here's my thing. I don't. We'll get into more of this later. I don't think Roman is gay, but Roman is certainly bi. Uh, I think Zazaz is gay. My take. I, 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 I think I think this movie is weird in ways that didn't need to be weird. They own the movie. So that's, that's uh, uh, they it's own weird it. in ways okay. that are fun. It's this movie is great. Uh, it, it 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 is something. So IMDb would describe this movie as following: After splitting with the Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress and Renee Montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime lord. I mean, Is yeah. that a fair description? That's, yeah. That's, that's actually way better than IMDb usually does. Well, I, I would also like to point out that, that that description is a much more straightforward and direct description of this movie. Like, I kind of watched that movie, not what I really saw. Yeah. Because... We'll, we'll get into it, but yeah, well, this movie is absolutely told in a non-linear fashion, which... I think it does to be cute, sort of. but doesn't really help. Yeah, I'm fine with the narrative. Yeah, it's it's fine. Okay. It... So, anyway, Mister Wizard, how would you describe this movie in one sentence? Uh, okay. So, hey guys, remember Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad, where she was mostly useless and pretty annoying and awful? This movie redeems all that. That's fair. No, I appreciate that. That's good. I don't like that one bit. Captain Cash, what's your one-line description? It is a female-led glitter bomb sucker punch to the taint. You should watch this thing. That is overselling it. It might be, but I don't care. I like this movie a lot. No, this This is fun. This is my favorite DCEU movie. You're in the minority for sure, Chump. So this movie kicks ass and takes names. It makes you believe that they would actually recruit Harley Quinn to be a part of the Suicide Squad. Because in that movie, right. she had no discernible skills, aside from being annoying as hell. She seems nice, though. This movie, she kicks the shit out of people, and it's glorious. Um, I was harking back to the last pod. I think Bloodshot would have taken this entire movie out again in the first 15 minutes, and we would have had a probably better movie as a result. Know. I Strong disagree there. I think I, I would, I would like to see. What, I, I'd like to see what uh, what uh, 
Black Mask does with uh, Vin Diesel and his nanites. I feel like that would be a good movie. But puts a no, bronze okay. statue of Vin Diesel next to the bronze statue of himself. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do. So, I mean, I can only get so erect. Um, but sticking with the format, I will push on here i will soldier on my somewhat one sentence description of this movie would be margot robbie stars in two-thirds of a harley quinn solo movie before being joined by the titular birds of prey in a movie that i can only assume was the result of wb execs thinking what if this time we do it like guardians of the galaxy and deadpool i mean there's a little bit of that together i'm not going to pretend that this doesn't have some Deadpool. And, 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 and like plucky group thing. And you got the kid thing and the, only you got thing the I mean, music thing. It's like they didn't totally divorce themselves from the whole like, hey, how can we rip off Marvel? And guys, let's just be honest. At the end of the day, what do they what has stop, stop, drops. stop. Okay. What? 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 What did they fucking do at the end of the day? They went and hired James Gunn. They're like, hey, can you do that thing you do? Just that thing you do, just do that thing you do. Listen, I'm I'm fucking pumped for James Gunn's as the suicide squad, but I, leaving that aside, I, I like I'm Slither. Just... I like I'm a I'm a Slither fan, so sign me up. But my point being, like, you can't you can't deny that they were trying to freaking milk this thing somehow this was way more similar to deadpool than guardians and i'm, I'm just not gonna I give agree. you hey it used music i mean like every fucking movie ever i and no, it didn't needle but, drop that hard but, but the needle group drops thing a little the group thing but... yeah well the monster squad then i mean there's there's movies with groups all the time i'm, I'm not gonna say like oh guardians did this thing and nobody's ever done it before the plucky movies you know, like, nah. I, I, I'll give you Deadpool because it, it is a fourth wall break. It's non-linear. Yes. Hey, here's our obnoxious lead character who's an anti-hero. Yeah. Get behind her. Let's have fun. I won't give yeah, you that. It's all right. Plus, it, it also, to the point with Guardians, with Guardians, all of the extra characters are fairly well-developed and they're, in, they're introduced very early on. Whereas this... Harley Quinn is very clearly the main character here, and the group kind of feels like an afterthought. So the movie opens. Harley reintroduces herself, lets us know who she is, and it's what we expected. And uh, then she dives straight on the fact that she is going to dump Joker because, much like the rest of us, we couldn't stand Jared Leto. So yeah. now that she is without his protection, she has to fend for herself. And she finds herself in a world of trouble, gets spun up with uh, uh, some cops and pit pockets and uh, thugs and the mob, apparently. Who knows? And, um, you know, there's a diamond that becomes an issue of contention between her and the black mask played by Ewan McGregor. And uh, she somehow decides that uh, she needs to save the girl that has said diamond and keep her safe. And as a consequence, her and the titular birds of prey team up to defend the teenage pickpocket with the diamond against 
uh, Ewan McGregor's thugs, and uh, she successfully does so, and the movie ends, and uh, yeah, maybe we get another one of these, I don't know. I hope we do, but I mean, numbers aren't there, but at the same time, go go buy this movie on, on demand so that we can get another one of these, because I enjoyed it. Wait, wait, now hold on. It was a lot more fun than what I just meandered through. Um, don't get me wrong. It was a lot more fun. It was flashy and splashy and a good time. But yeah, it, it wasn't profound and it wasn't a great movie by any stretch. Well, but I mean, how, how many movies do we talk about that we enjoy that aren't necessarily a great movie? I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I love Deadpool 2. Those aren't great movies, but I had a good time and I'd watch them again. And if, you know, if this were 1990 something or the mid 2000s and I couldn't change the channel, I'd be like, oh, hey, yeah. put praise on. We're going to watch this. Yeah. So anyway, moving on from the, the plot summary here, um, general impressions. My opinion, this was dumb fun. It was an action movie with some, some you know, familiar characters some fight scenes that were shot extremely well, but not oh, yes. particularly memorably. Uh, memorably. I, I was like, uh, yeah, it's fight stuff. I've seen it before, though. But more importantly, the plot was a little convoluted. To me, this felt like a dumb version of the Big Lebowski with a pinch of Pulp Fiction and... and uh, if I was in charge of this project heist movie, because that's what these characters really are set up for what they did with this, with the nonlinear stuff. And they, they tried to like do the little, you know, uh, slide of hand stuff. Yeah. Not, not working. This, this is not, this was not a smart movie. A straightforward heist thing would have been much more effective. I will say that I, I agree with you somewhat in that. The first, <clears throat> what, 40 minutes sort of struggles with this, where is the timeline, what's happening? But I also feel like that echoes Harley Quinn's mental state a little bit, so I'm willing to let it slide. Um, but no, I, I, I agree. If, if it was a little bit more straightforward, like this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, it would have made for a stronger narrative. But I, I mean, again, I had a great time with how goofy this was. Uh, yeah, I agree with uh, Captain Cash. I think the movie's biggest issue is that the general, uh, what Black Mask is after is the least interesting part of the movie. The way they tie the Birds of Prey together, I actually think works really nicely. But mm. you just don't care about this diamond and why this diamond is going to make him the king of whatever borough of Gotham he is currently in charge of. It seems weird. Because even then, like, the acknowledgement is all of these people are terrified of the Joker. This diamond means nothing because the Joker would still come blow up your shithole club and you're dead anyways. So it's like, you know, money means That's nothing it. to a madman. I, I mean, Ewan McGregor still puts in a fun turn and he does a great job of being like this goofy dumbass villain. Right until he's not. Yeah. And then he gets yeah. real fucking scary. Yeah, he's actually a highlight of the movie. 
And well, it, see, here's it, my thing: the movie actually I don't want to overstate you, yeah. McGregor, because at the end of the day, the person who's carrying this movie is Margot Robbie, and like, and Elizabeth Mary Elizabeth Winstead puts in a good turn, they all and so does Jesse Smollett. Wait, you need a good villain. And he Rosie was Perez. He was yeah, fine. Rosie 50, Perez great. And 50 something years old. Come it on. Would, none of that would have meant anything if Black Mass sucked. Right? Like, you want. He's so much fun. The movie has to make him a disreputable piece of shit at that really important moment to be like, okay, now I'm ready for this guy to die. Yeah. And it does. You know, Which, again, spoilers, he, he does. Which I I think is actually a, a negative on the movie, but I don't know that I agree because of the spectacular fashion in which this dude is executed. Kind of like was a a weird shock where this whole thing kind of earned its R rating for me because, and I don't know if we're gonna get into this later, but we will. We will to be R. Yeah. So guys, I have some questions about this movie. Okay. okay. I'm a doubting Thomas here. Why does it take so long for the titular birds of prey to get together? It happens around the hour and 10 minute mark in an hour and 49 minute movie. We get less than 30 minutes of the titled birds of prey together in this movie. What the fuck? Listen, I, I think that was purely a matter of they no, wanted I get... to use the title Birds of Prey, but this is a Harley Quinn movie. That's why they went uh, back later and went, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Birds of Prey. It was allowing each of the characters to breathe on their own before they became a team. So you get a good sense of who uh, the Huntress is. You get a very good sense of who... Uh, Black the crossbow is. killer. Yeah. The crossbow killer. Right. The crossbow How killer. Is that a yeah. bow and arrow? Hey, this bow is a arrow? Simpsons joke. Let let the record show that Trumpzilla is making the wanky motion during these comments. No, it was, te- it was terrible. No, you I don't ha- think you, it was terrible. It's it very just... difficult to do a team up movie uh, and just be like, okay, here they are. They're all together. Like Harley. We it's called had the Gar- It's called the Guardians of the Galaxy. Again, okay, I've you, seen it. Okay. Going back to Get off this wasn't a Guardians film, though. This the whole point of this movie is not the team up, and that's the problem with the billing. Yeah. The this title is, is Birds of Prey. The Birds of Prey happened to be in title the the movie's titled Birds of Prey. I think you're dwelling I, far too much on this, I'm and you're also dwelling far too much on that, your that was correct on your correct. terrible comparison. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway. That's fair. Okay. Okay. So, um, next question: Why was WB so scared of just calling this Harley Quinn: colon, Birds of Prey, or something similar? Why? Why couldn't they just commit to a Harley Quinn solo movie? Why was that so painful for them? That's a great question because honestly, you know what the smart move was here was Harley Quinn: colon, Birds of Prey. This thing does 300 million the next one is harley quinn colon gotham city sirens it would have been great okay uh that's fine I, and i think you're both right but this movie is very eclectic it's weird it's out there it has a personality of its own the title was it does was attempting to reflect that 
And I think they That's over fair. they overestimated the general audience seeing that title and being like, oh yeah, I'd like to see that because it doesn't fit on the like any of the websites. It just as like Birds of Prey, and it cuts off. So yes, they should have put out a memo and said, hey, when you list this on the website, it's Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. The official title is what it is you know yeah the birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of harley quinn because that title really is it's like she wrote she wrote this story and she's telling it to you and here's how she titled it that's what which that is title absolutely reflects the me. perspective of the film too yeah to its credit but for marketing's sake eh. it's a miscalculation for sure when it comes to marketing because honestly i mean uh, we've talked about this many times. Even if you're a huge Harley Quinn fan, that doesn't necessarily mean you know who the Birds of Prey are. You know yeah. who Harley Quinn is. The comic books are still having a rough time selling. That There's a reason for that. So, I am a slightly above average comic fan, and I had no idea who the Birds of Prey were. So typically speaking, Birds of Prey are Oracle. Rapt- Raptors. Yes. yes. Owls. Owls. Yeah. Hawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the comic book characters, the Birds of oh, Prey, of oh, which there oh. was a TV show, are typically yes. Oral, yeah. Oracle, who is Mocking the original Bird. Batgirl. Mockingbird. And, and Black Canary. Uh-huh. Mockingbird. Which is DC's version of Mockingbird. Mo- I don't know I which know. came that, first. That I'm was a joke. That was a joke sure. I was making. Thank you. Thank you for yeah, acknowledging. No, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure Black Canary came first because she wow. was one of the. That's like. She was JL. She was JLA. That's quite but, the uh, the history of DC and Marvel, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but Gail Simone eventually got involved in writing that comic and added. Who was it? It was Black Canary. They added. She added Huntress to them. One other one, who explicitly had a a bird name like Dove of Hawk and Dove gets involved and. Uh-huh. Who are the the Black Hawks, the World War One pilots? There's a lady Black Hawk who gets involved with the Birds of Prey, so it makes a little bit more sense. But as a title, Birds of Prey has only ever kind of made sense. So I can't really get too hung up on that title. Yeah, no. I, I mean, Unless you take the, uh, the British English, birds meaning women. Fair enough, fair enough. So... That brings me, I think, to my next question. Not entirely sure, but uh, was this R rating a blessing or a curse? And bonus question, did they use it well? So my thoughts, 100% curse. Yes. The people who really want to see a Harley Quinn movie probably tend to skew a lot younger. Like, uh, the people who know who Harley Quinn are, are probably between the ages of, let's call it, 5 and 40. I think this movie could have been done at a PG-13 level. And Hold on, hold on, just stop for a second. 5 to 40 is a really weird range. Well, I know, that's what I mean. Well, so think about this. Harley Quinn debuted in Batman the Animated Series in, what, the late 90s? Harley Quinn, the character, has gone on to do things like, you know, what is it, the uh, DC Superhero Girls show and stuff like that that is explicitly marketed at kids who are between the ages of, like, I don't know, 
Like my my kids watch it, so three and ten. Yeah, you know? no, totally. Yeah, I've seen it. I'm talking about. Yeah, it and that's a good show too. But that's not the point. It's just that the people who are gonna yeah, want to explicitly see a Harley Quinn movie are probably not necessarily the what is it the eighteen to thirty five demographic. It's uh, the people who are, you know, who are parents who want to take their kids to go see this comic book movie. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where the marketing kills you. Uh, Hard agree. Yeah, this this character this character is a nightmare. It's she's not though. I think she's good, but I will say, no, she's a marketing nightmare. Is she for adults? Is she for kids? What are you gonna do with her? That's the choice you have to make with this character. Is she okay for the kids or is she R-rated? Because up to this point, to your point, Captain Cash, she's always been PG-13. Now they've tried to push her to an R. Well, she premiered in that's, cartoon. That's a big change. In the comics, that's my, she's... That's my point, though. She's pu- She's been pushed in the mainstream. She's been pushed from a PG-13 cartoon character to an R movie character. That's a big departure. I, no, don't, I, don't discount that. That's a I, huge, I think that's That's fair. a huge shift. That's a huge shift. She's gone from a cartoon... The comics aside, because everybody gets a little more latitude in the comics, she's gone from a yeah kids cartoon character with a PG thirteen comic history to a straight R movie. So, but here's the thing: you could make that argument for Deadpool too. Deadpool yes. never had yeah. a Max series. Yeah. You never got to hear Deadpool say "fuck" or things like that. Harley Quinn Correct. has never appeared nude in any comic, as far as I know. I mean, as close as you yeah. get might be the Joker comic that came out in 2009 as a response to The Dark Knight, where she's a stripper, but she's still never explicitly nude in any panel. So yeah. I don't, I no, don't it, it's know not, that it's a problem, but it, at the it, same uh, time... It's not a nudity thing, it's a violence thing. I, I don't know about that. Let's be honest here. Uh, the the R rating is the f bombs weren't needed in this movie at all. Uh, they were gratuitous no. to a point. Like sometimes they were funny. For the this most part, uh, they were unnecessary. So you get rid of those. Fine. I would not tone down the violence. I love the action in this movie, but it really comes back to what we the last question. This this movie was was not was not particularly gory either. I'll add, Mr. Wizard. Yeah, I mean, he had good action. There were good fight scenes, but it was not particularly gory. There was no like real like hardcore like, oh my gosh, that's a hard R scene. I stand by the only time that occurs is the final scene. At the climax of the film, yeah, yeah. that's where it earns the R. Beyond Which, that, think, you could have snuck really that in the goonies. There's cuts you have to make. She shoots a man in the head who's carrying Cassandra Kane off. She inhales cocaine and then launches into an attack sequence, which is fantastic. That scene. Agreed. But the marketing is, is what killed this because, let's face it, uh, the Joker made a billion dollars. Say what you will about the Joker, the Joker has a lot less mass market appeal than this movie. Whoa! I don't know. No, that film. The Joker is no, 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 not the, the character. Most no, famous comic no, 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 not the character. That story arc 
the way that film unfolds, that's the tale it is telling has less mass market appeal than this movie by a wide margin. The character, no. Everybody loves that's the character. That's fair. That, yeah. that movie is significantly less fun. Yes, it's depressing, and I love it. And But still, I mean, it made a billion, and this movie flamed out, and I think in large parts because nobody knew what the heck it was about, and I don't think it was marketed. Uh, I don't I, I don't know where they were airing commercials. I don't know how they were doing all that stuff, but I think there was something lost in the translation. Because this movie's fun. I and think that's you, probably fair. If you just sold it as, hey, take a trip inside Harley Quinn's mind for an hour and 40 minutes, uh, like that sells to me. I don't know. Listen, I agree. I feel like this movie is one where you can have a good time. It's not too intense. It's still... You know, it's again, I, I said it before. This is a movie that if it was just on television, I would leave on. Except you you make it a hard R with all the fucks and the the again, not even the violence. It just there's a bunch of fucks in this movie and that's how it earns its R. I feel like that's playing it's safe and silly. Well, yeah, it it, it, it was it was a marketing decision. So with that being said, Captain Cash do we see these birds again in the DC extended universe? Do, do we see this cast of characters one more time? It is my significant hope that yes, we do. Um, do okay. I think we will? I think that's entirely based on how well the Suicide Squad does. That's James Gunn's follow-up, which is supposed to lead directly into this and also has Margot Robbie as I guess part of the titular squad. So we'll see how it swings, but depending on how the the suicide squad does, I think that'll let us know. But honestly, even if the suicide squad doesn't do as well as just suicide squad, which was a terrible film, I I'd love <laughs> to see a sequel to this. And I would love to see a sequel to this which again is titled Harley Quinn Gotham City Sirens, and then gives us Poison Ivy and Catwoman teamed up with Harley Quinn. I fucking okay. love that. So you make a good point there. Um, I think we all agree that Margot Robbie makes it through this movie as Harley Quinn. There's She's no question. Great. Yeah, she, that's her character. She's got it. Has she done enough with this cast in this movie to pull them forward into that? The Suicide Squad era? Could I, she drag them with her? Is that going to happen? Do we again, know? I say yes. I feel like Renee Montoya, as played by Rosie Perez, is great. I love what they did with Huntress, and I love how awkward she was because she was raised as an assassin. So why does she have social skills? Turns out she doesn't. Uh, and uh, and Black Canary was just. You know, really hot. I mean, she did a good job, but I I would like to watch her in almost anything she'd like to be in. So more of her as Black Canary, I am there for. Uh, I think these characters survive. The movie was made on the cheap. I think they will definitely reassess. I Hopefully they make the right decisions, which studios don't always do. But the DC, uh, EU, DCU, whatever, under Walter Hamada, who is now basically overseeing all the projects has made many more right decisions than wrong and have been much more successful than the last 
people to be in charge of creative control. So I do think it, it it survives, and obviously I think the Suicide Squad will perform because one James Gunn is going to attract people, and it's going to get better reviews. Like I don't even need to see it yet to know it's going to be better than the last one, which was basically butchered by studio meddling. You know, like we'll never know what David Ayer actually wanted to make that movie because they locked him out of the editing room and said, "Hey." You guys made those fun trailers. Why don't you cut this movie? And they're like, uh, we don't make movies. We make trailers. And they're like, no, no, it'll be, it'll be fine. You know, so you just don't know. But I, I do think they come back. Because if you keep budgets low and losses aren't catastrophic, uh, and you've locked the morons out of the room who were making bad decisions before, there is uh, juice left to be squeezed here. But we'll see. I don't know. I mean... Man of Steel made, what, 600-something million. BVS made 800-something million. Justice League made less than those, but it still pulled even. And they're like, you know what? This Superman's not good enough for us. So you just don't know. Well, to your point, Mr. Wizard, um, there are some bigger DC Universe heroes that could have come into play in this film. And... Obviously, we saw hints of those in the Suicide Squad, but not in this movie. So, how much do you think this movie suffered by not having an in-universe um, Batman and an in-universe Superman to reference and or play against? I don't think it suffered I, at all. I love yeah, what I they agree, did with it. Because that's not the story they're trying to tell. Yeah. You could even add the Joker to that list, and I still don't feel like this movie suffers from not having a full on-screen Leto Joker cameo. It, it just That's not the story they're trying to tell, and that's fine. Yeah, I think this movie doesn't work as well if it has to hitch its wagon to uh, more popular characters. I think... Why I love this movie is because of the grounded action, and it made me believe, oh, Harley Quinn is a badass. And yeah, sure, she's a loose cannon, but, like, wow, like, now you could understand why people in Gotham fear her. Because she's not just a nutty whack job who's attached to the Joker. Like, she kicks ass. A big issue for me is that this movie... I felt would have benefited from pulling in the larger universe. I don't just, agree. Just a tad. No. I, I really liked that it was its own thing. I, I felt like Gotham City is big enough to allow for... Um, this wasn't a world-ending story. This is There's no reason for Batman to be involved. At the worst case, it's no, fair, mostly fair. the gang killing the other gang, with the exception of Renee Montoya, who as we're introduced to her, is mostly a disgraced cop. So yep. I, I, I really, I, I like that this let it's like it breathed by itself. Yep. I I'm now, just saying would I would have, nice? I, I would have enjoyed Joker in this movie more than Suicide Squad. That's all I'm saying. Well, I would agree with that so, too, because he wasn't they, used they, well in Suicide Squad at all. He was yeah, not. But was I mean, not. in a cameo sense at best though, yeah. because this isn't yes. the Joker story. Like, if you had your Joker, now whether that's Leto, whether that's Joaquin Phoenix, or whether it's someone completely different, and you got to keep that through line of a, of this Joker 
being the one who kicked Harley Quinn out and Harley Quinn's got to get over them, fine, because it helps maintain that continuity. But otherwise, I really, I didn't, I didn't miss the fact that Joker was basically an off-screen cameo. That's, that was fine. This movie tied into the larger universe just enough. And all that took was a picture of Captain Boomerang on the wall and her saying, hey, I know that guy. I know, and I love that reference because Captain perfect. Boomerang's awesome. Yeah. I, would I have taken a, a small, very small Jared Leto cameo? Yes. Did I need it? No. Yeah. Because this was about, as someone who's skeptical about Harley Quinn, showing me that she could carry a film, and I thought she did. So, it, I, I mean, and I, I, I didn't like the character, and I thought it worked out really well. Which is why it's so disappointing to me that it didn't get uh, as huge a numbers as I thought it would. It really should have done better. Yes. Okay, so it sounds like we have some varied opinions on this movie, which is fine. Because I think it's you not have terrible. varied opinions on this movie. Yeah. We are united. You are the lone holdout. It, it's okay. It's not terrible, but... It's a good movie. Go buy this. It's entertaining. Rent it at your discretion. Um, Buy this and Bloodshot. (laughs) Maybe just this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I I didn't sign up for Bloodshot. (laughs) All right. Well, say, hey, folks, after this, we'll come back. We'll discuss whether or not this movie deserved to flop. And then we'll get into our favorite scenes and or lines from the movie. Take care, folks. We'll see you around the bend. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, uh, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. Here we are, folks. We're talking about uh, 2020's Birds of Prey. And I would like to talk to my guests... The illustrious Captain Cash and the shameless Mr. Wizard here to uh, see what they think. No, what? No, shameless. You don't like shameless? <laughs> you shook it off. You shook shameless off. I, I don't know that's how he gets illustrious. And I get shameless. <laughs> it's it's I called am very well recognized. But what we've got here, folks, is our favorite line and or scene from the movie. And again, we're talking about Birds of Prey here. And I will start with mine because it is such a momentous moment in the movie. It is significant. It is just crucial to the film. This exchange between the Black Mask and Mr. How do we pronounce his name? Zazzy? Zazz. Victor Zazz. Yeah, so, Victor so Zazz. He Victor is a Zazz. principal comic character. And Victor Zazz. Principal. 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 That question mark. Principal. He's prominently featured in many comics. He's referenced in Batman Begins. He was on. No, Gotham. he's in Batman. Yeah, Begins. He, he, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's very actually, brief. Uh, yeah, he's he, in Arkham. He, but, but he's he's name checked Zazz. Okay. The game. So yeah. This is an exchange between the Black Mask and uh, one Mr. Victor Zaz. After Zaz has lost his diamond to a teenage pickpocket, 
and <clears throat> seen Black Mask. Why is this happening to me? Why? Mr. Zaz, I'm going to get your diamond back. I promise. Why don't we go downstairs and kill that Harley bitch? Blow off a little steam? Black Mask. Yeah. I've wanted to do that for quite some time. Mr. Zaz. Hmm. Black Mask. Okay. I'll get changed. It was so weird. It was so awkward. And for no reason. Listen, like I, that, I disagree. That, that whole scene was just like, what am I watching? Even Black Canary was like, what the fuck? I, Black I, Canary I like is the script. audience in that scene. Black Canary is the literal audience in that scene. And she's like, what the fuck am I watching? And it's not even because of the movie. It's like, somebody like, did somebody write this? This is weird as fuck. That was uh, weird. Well, I that think whole scene is weird. What you're describing Period. is sort of the point of both of those characters. Hard to agree. And I love that scene. I love all their scenes together. Uh, but I hate that scene. My favorite scene is basically what that scene leads into, which is Harley at the police station. First part of it, pretty awesome. I love it. Then they kind of backtrack and weird time stuff, whatever. My favorite scene is the evidence room. Harley ingests a substantial amount of cocaine, does a picture-perfect dropkick, and then bat fight. It is awesome. I love that scene. My, love it. my scene is immediately preceding that when she just shows up and proceeds to shoot up Gotham City's police department with a combination of bean bags and glitter bombs. And we also get the aforementioned reference to Captain Boomerang, where it's it's just enough tying it to the rest of the world that it basically has no effect on the overall movie, but still lets you know, hey, this is in continuity. That's that's what I want out of these films. I don't need them to be like completely interwoven. Fair. I just need them to like be that is fun fair. And sparkly and fuck yeah. Oh yeah, and by the way, I know that guy. I, that that was my scene. Yeah, there. Now you, excuse me. There's legitimately like a thirty-five to forty-five minute stretch of this movie where it's hitting on all cylinders, and it kind of begins after her. Well, everybody knows I'm not with the Joker. I'm screwed. To okay, we're gonna hire you because you're really good at creating havoc, and it. It, that's when the movie takes off for me, and then plus when they I, all I unite, because uh, I do have I, as much as I enjoyed it, I have some minor minor issues with it. But gosh, for that like leading up to the ending, this movie kicks a lot of ass. And yeah. the scene you talked about, immediately followed by the scene I talked about, it's pretty amazing. Police station scene makes like almost no sense because she would have been murdered on site. She walks in there and literally nobody appears to have a gun on them. 
She's a magic pixie clown dream girl. It doesn't have to make sense within the context of reality. I just had a good time with it. I don't so, care. So like any Iron Man scene where the army yeah. just would have murdered him immediately because he's in a suit and they have countless F-15 fighter jets at their disposal? Come on. Like, it's comic books. Yeah, it's fine. I, I'm, not I'm there for the Iron suspension Man of suit. disbelief for the sexy clown lady. I don't care. She made them look like chumps, and it's well established within the canon of the film that those guys are chumps. Is it well shot? Read. Was it entertaining? Yes, yeah. yes. And then what I are you complaining yes. about? Alrighty, gentlemen. It's been a rough night, but I think we finally brought it into a close, and we'll finish it off with a excellent quiz challenge. What we've got tonight is Harleen Quinzel's Madhouse Trivia Challenge. And let me be clear here, folks. Both you, Mr. Wizard, and Catherine Cash, be aware there are stakes at risk. There is a big prize here, but to be fair to the runner-up, there is also a consolation prize. So don't worry. If you don't win, you still walk away with something. So anyway, gentlemen, to structure tonight's activities, what we've got here is your standard five-question multi-choice trivia challenge based on not only uh, tonight's movie, but the Suicide Squad in general, movie and comics. Are you guys ready? Let's do this thing. Okay. Yeah. I live my life. Quarter question at a time. Let's go. First off, just buzz in with buzz, and we'll go from there. Number one, which demon was originally planned to appear in this Birds of Prey movie? Was it A, Deathstroke, B, Deadshot, C, Mr. Freeze, or D, The Penguin? A, Deathstroke. Dead shot, just because he was in Suicide Squad. Gentlemen, you are both wrong. Damn, what was it? The Penguin. The the Penguin. Really? Yep, and they dropped him because he was rumored to be involved in The Batman. Batman. That's right. Yeah, that's played by Colin Farrell, right? I knew that. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, they were kind of grappling over Oswald Cobblepot. So, we are now at 0-0. Moving on. Number two. The character of Cassandra Cain is portrayed radically different in the film compared to her comic book origin. What costume persona does she take in the comics? A. Nightshade. B. Plastique. C. Batgirl. Or D. Psy. Buzz. Captain Cash, you're correct. She plays the mute Batgirl with Kung Fu skills in the comics. That was kind of an uproar among the comics community because that's a very specific thing to Cassandra Cain, and they definitely did not do that. Did not use it, yeah. yeah, Well, I do think, like, it set her up for a better, like, she was a kid, she was a shiftless kid, uh, 
and her bonds with these people are going to build her into something, you know, into a better person who will. I mean, that's fair. There's a lot of places she could go from here. Yeah, yeah it didn't kill the character. It was just a, it was just a weird way to use it because she had such a specific back, backstory. But okay. So at this point, Captain Cash, you have a point. Okay. Uh, moving on. Number three. Which of these supervillains have appeared as members of the Suicide Squad in the comics? Solomon it is multiple cho- Hang on. Is this a multiple choice? It is. A. Solomon Grundy. B. Bane. C. Tattooed Man. D. Black Adam. Or E. All of the above. Buzz. Straight up, it's E. All of them. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Which seems weird, because why would Black Adam or Solomon Grundy or Bane do that? But, yeah. Yeah. Well, Solomon Grundy's already dead, so that's really stupid. (laughs) Uh, Leverage. That's all you got to understand. Why did they put in Black Adam to get him as part of the team? Yeah, Exactly. Confused right there, but so at this point, Mr. Wizard, I, I hate to uh, tell you, but Captain Cash has two points. Yes, so number four, how many members of the comic suicide squad have died in the line of duty? A 45, B 37, C 57, or D. 69. Ah, sounds like nice. D, D to me. 69. That's my answer. Buzz. Buzz. All right. Captain Cash. I'm going to go B37. 37 is correct, according to my count on Wikipedia. And <laughs> here's, here's what's interesting. is that The deaths range from the standard neck bomb to being murdered by General Zod and to, and frankly, folks, I'm not making this up, being devoured by ants. Who got eaten by ants? Uh, um, people I didn't know. Um, so so what is this? A team-up movie made for ants? I mean, uh, wow, okay. But yeah, 37. 37 is what I came up with. Okay. Maybe ants. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Cash... I'm a little concerned here. Are you spending too much time online, much like I am? Hmm. Okay. Uh, All right. So, living. Captain Cash has the advantage. Um, There was a tiebreaker, so I'm just going to throw this out there for fun. Mr. Wizard, please feel free to take a shot at this. But uh, which of these actresses was not, and I quote, not considered for the role of Harley Quinn? Was it not Emma Watson, Emma Stone, Emma Roberts, Alison Brie, or Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Uh, I, I can repeat that again. Yeah. I'd like to hear it. Which of these actresses was not, not considered for the role of Harley Quinn? Was it not... Emma Watson? Was it not Emma Stone? Was it not Emma Roberts? Or not 
Allison Bree or not Mary Elizabeth Winstead. That's the Huntress, for gonna, the record. I'm going to buzz in, and I'm just going to say okay. this because she's my least favorite actress of that group, and that's Emma Roberts. Oh, sir, you would be wrong. Captain Cash, do you have an opinion? No, I, I'll allow a buy because I'm three up. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it was not Emma Stone. That makes of the sense three too. Emmas, it was really? not Emma Stone. Yeah. Oh. Odd, oddly enough, Margot Robbie did pass up on the role in Birdman, which did go to Emma Stone. So, Listen, yeah. let the record show. I'd love to see Alison Brie in everything. And if Alison Brie wants to just cosplay as Harley Quinn, I'm here for it. So, so here's the big surprise to the pod, guys. Um, Mr. Wizard, I'm sorry you didn't win. You got the consolation prize. I'll let you know what that is in a second. But, Captain Cash, congratulations. You won tonight's trivia challenge. Do you know what your prize is? I sincerely hope it is not a naked photo of you, but at the same time, oh, I kind of feel oh. like it's probably going to be that. I can't, I can't even begin to describe how close you are to what you actually just described. Oh, You're, no. No, oh no. Yeah. oh no, oh no, oh yes. Tonight's trophy, and it, it will deliver to your house, I believe, about Thursday. You, sir, will soon be the owner of a giant sized man thing, issue number one. Holy shit! That's the best news I've ever received. Yep, it, it, it will deliver to drift up shortly because I assumed you would win. And I will have it proudly <clears throat> on my wall. This Mr. Is Mr. Wizard, uh, your consolation prize, and I'm sorry you did not. You did not win tonight. Um, I tried to engineer this to make sure it would happen, but I had contingencies. So, as a result of your if your loss and your crushing defeat, please don't be too upset because you will, by the end of I think the week after next, have. Your own copy of Bloodshot Number One, the Chromium <laughs> version. How much did you pay for that? Five dollars. That's a victory. Seven dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> that, that cost me seven dollars and fifty cents. But you, sir, will have Bloodshot Number One. So, gentlemen, thank you for playing tonight. I appreciate the efforts on both sides, and I hope you find your rewards to be equally satisfying. I feel like I'm this turned honest, out the way it was meant to. There's absolutely about to be a photo of me on the internet. With completely nude, minus the giant-sized man, man things. things. <laughs> yeah. Against my crotch. Yes, I, I can't. I, I can't. Again, I can't begin to tell you how much pleasure I derive from bullshitting with you on the spot. I'm glad you guys will enjoy your weird, awkward comics, uh, at least on Captain Cash's side. But. That being said, we've made it through the challenge and uh, <clears throat> question portion of the evening. So I do have a couple of open-ended questions about this movie, The Birds of Prey. What is it you guys would like to see next out of this universe? What, what could possibly bring you back in or keep you in? So I've said this a couple times so far. And I also want to add what I know is coming. So what I know is coming is James Gunn's Suicide Squad, which will involve Harley Quinn and will also yep. involve King fucking Shark, which I am here for. Uh, the uh, other side it's is, Killer Croc on shark steroids. Gotcha. I know, right? That, that, and way better. 
I just I trust it's going to be better. But the other thing I really want would be Gotham City Sirens, which is Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman all together in capers. I'd love to see that too. Yeah, those are my like. Give me that DCEU. We're good. Thanks. Cool. Uh, the the funny thing is that there, before this was the, the film that was settled on being made, there were a lot of rumors like David Ayer was attached to direct Gotham City Sirens, the David Ayer of he who was booted off his own movie essentially with Suicide Squad fame. And there was the Harley Quinn and Joker Mad Love movie that was supposed to happen. Here's what I'll say. Because uh, we talked we talked about it on our top five comic book movies. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker should be one and done. That should not be a thing anymore. Uh, we don't really know. About a billion dollars though, right? Yeah, we don't really know what's going to happen with the Batman movie. And how connected that will be, if at all. I don't think it will be connected at all. So, you know what? If you could redeem Harley Quinn, then let's give Jared Leto, Oscar winner Jared Leto, one last crack with a much better script and much tighter direction and not have him be sort of a useless side piece to the film. I would like to see what they could do with him. He is a good actor, uh, you know, I make fun, I've made fun of him on this podcast. I make fun of that movie all the time. That movie's terrible. It's not his fault. It's terrible. It's nobody's fault in the movie. It's completely the studio's fault. Uh, well, maybe the Enchantress. It could be partly her fault and her brother. But, you know, I, I, I would like to see him again. I think there were some neat things about him, and they weren't explored at all. And he was an unfortunate uh, casualty to a shit pie of a movie. So, I mean, because I'm excited for the Suicide Squad. I really am. Uh, I think that's going to be really cool. I think James Gunn's going to incorporate a lot of characters you didn't think you'd ever see on film. I think we're in for a real treat with that. That's just my hunch. Hard to agree. That's, that's a good call. I hate to say it, but you're, you're going you're gonna to kill me here, Mr. Wizard. But I enjoy the fact that we're getting all this attention to these, like, what I would consider, like, second-tier characters. I just want a good Superman movie. You know, at this point, I would love to see, like, not another Christopher Reeves Superman movie, but just a positive, like, life-affirming Superman movie. I got good news. I've got two for you. I've got two I can recommend tonight. <laughs> okay. All right. Captain Marvel and Shazam. Oh, get out of here with the Captain Marvel <laughs> shit. Captain Marvel is one of the best Superman movies I've seen in a long time. That movie could no. bore a tortoise. That's <laughs> Movie sucks. It's a Superman movie. Superman's a boring character because he's he, no, he's undefeatable. But no. anyway, no, I'm just saying. I, I'd love to see a good Superman movie. That's that's that make me happy. At this point, I could use it. But well, uh, if rumors are to be believed, then J.J. Abrams will be at the helm well, of the next Superman movie. I'm now this is all conjecture. There. I don't know, but he is in the fold. He's, he's fine. I love the Star Wars movie, so. Yeah, he's not bad. But, okay. So, uh, I have another open-ended question here, gentlemen. Uh, at what point in quarantine life have you found yourselves? At this point, gentlemen, I, uh, I will freely admit I found myself standing my front yard 
hard in my pajamas, drinking Fresca directly from the two liters, staring at the sky and wondering what normal used to feel like. It was an awkward experience, to say the least. And I say this with no sarcasm. That really happened. And uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. My general weirdness uh, lands at I am building my four-year-old an Iron Man armor suit. Uh, and I've been crying my eyes out to the soundtrack of Come From Away. Oh, so, uh, yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah, I'm about where you are. Goddamn weird. So I watched, uh, this will air obviously later in the week, this podcast will drop, but so this is day two of WrestleMania. I watched night one last night and I started to get a bit nostalgic about wrestling. So I turned on the stone cold broken skull session with Bret Hart and softly cried about the miserable end of Bret Hart's career and how he was my favorite wrestler. That's where I'm at in quarantine life, that anything will somehow make me reflexively nostalgic and I may just start crying at any given moment. <laughs> it's happened on multiple occasions and Onward kicked me right in the dick today. Right? That's like the third straight quarantine movie with somewhat of a daddy issue. And this one really hit me badly. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I'll, I'll have to get on that. That's yeah. what we're doing next week, by the way, Onward. <laughs> Moving on, folks, going on to recommendations here. Uh, this recommendation comes with a heavy heart, as we've lost a great pop songwriter here this weekend, uh, or actually this last week. Adam Schlesinger passed away due to the coronavirus last week, and he's best known as the rhythm half of the power pop duo Fountains of Wayne. Okay. Um, I love that band. I listened to him back in the 90s. Uh, a lot of fun there. Uh, and fun fact, he also wrote and produced the Taylor theme to That Thing You Do, which is also a great movie and a great song. And I would recommend checking out their self-titled debut album, Fountains of Wayne, released in 1996. And my personal favorite song on that album is Leave the Biker. And uh, gentlemen, you guys do your best here. What kind of recommendations do you have for this bleak, bleak, timeline that we're living in let me just say stacy's mom has got it going on she's yeah. all i've wanted and i have yeah. waited I, so long there, there's a reason i don't reference that song is because i feel like Fallon and wayne did so much more than just that song but yeah that's that's clearly their biggest hit which is sad because listen to that first album guys Fountains and wayne their self-titled debut album it is way better than just stacy's mom so Moving I have on. a handful of recommendations this week. My first one will be the one I had last week, which is, again, donate to MealsOnWheelsAmerica.org. These are the people who are helping to feed the people who can't go out. Uh, so it's a rough time for everybody, but if you're young and relatively young and healthy, you can probably risk a trip to the grocery store. Uh, these folks are helping people who cannot do that. Um, so, again... MealsOnWheelsAmerica.org to help donate. Uh, beyond that, uh, for funsies, just came out this last Friday as of the recording of this pod, so should be available on Hulu now, is Future Man. And the main reason I recommend that is uh, one of the characters who appears as one of the principal players in Future Man is actually, as a bit player in this film, Derek Wilson. 
He plays one of the dumbass detectives very early on in Renee Montoya's montage uh, slash introduction, and he plays Wolf in Future Man, and that show is legitimately fucking hilarious. And also, uh, the Thunderous Wizard and I were there for the premiere party at San Diego Comic-Con in, what, 2017? So I'm pretty sure we partied with that dude, and he was awesome. So yeah, go watch that show. All right, um... I've been uh, doing a lot of different things, reading, uh, watching, and uh, video gaming, which I've been slacking on for many, many years. But I would say uh, another movie that got released early because of the pandemic is Sonic the Hedgehog. I thought it would be pretty ridiculous and stupid, but it's actually quite entertaining. And uh, I... Far be it for me to have ever believed that Sonic the Hedgehog would be the video game character that got the best video game movie, but it is a lot of fun, and kids will love it. Like they will love it. I am not kidding. So I haven't Sonic yet, but I still stand by the best video game movie was Rampage. That was good too. Yeah, that was a lot of fun too. Which is also a surprise because that game is fucking terrible. Uh, what? Wait, the original? You the original may, was great. You may remember it fondly, but it is the most rote, boring game of all time. It is hundreds of stages of pressing the one button and just smashing buildings. It is not a very good game. But either way, oh. uh, they're both entertaining movies. Sonic was a lot of fun, and Jim Carrey... Uh, hasn't been as active lately. It was really good to have Jim Carrey. I needed uh, someone who could make me laugh in the current crisis we all are uh, mired in. And I just, I laughed a lot. I laughed. It was it was a silly, fast, fun little movie. I enjoyed it. That's my recommendation. All right. So uh, uh, that's it. Yeah, next week, as we alluded to, is Onward. Captain Cash will host... And then we'll have Ooh, some yeah. uh, an, other announcements of uh, other upcoming pods. It was a blast. Thank you to Chumpzilla for guiding the ship. Thank you for having me. Good times all around. Hey, stay safe. Stay indoors. We'll see you next time. <laughs>